young man black on the rise. Address the lies of those who plan my demise through the white man's eyes. I came through with guys. The same guys who gave the whole hood pies. This was back in 95. How the lay dudes lie. Talking about how I changed my stride when I was locked inside. Brothers identified. Understand they only getting three tries. Then the heat gon' fly. Now it's me, you and I. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. Hit the notification bell or whatever it's called uh, to let you know when I'm dropping. I pretty much drop a video every day, I guess. But hit the notification. It would definitely mean a lot. Today's episode, I'm going to put on my GM hat. I did this before with the Washington Wizards. I'm going to do it again today with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm going to give you five steps how they can go from the bottom of the West to a championship. You're welcome, Minnesota. (laughs) I'm also going to talk about chemistry. Uh, Does chemistry really matter when we talk about winning a championship? I'm going to talk about Alex Smith and his retirement from the NFL. And I'm going to finish it off with Brianna Stewart and if she is the greatest women's basketball player ever. But here's where we'll start. The pandemic hit everybody differently. You know, uh, there was there, you know, there's people that's unemployed. There's people that's unemployment. There's there's people that job has has clearly changed forever. There's people that's still working at home. The pandemic hit everybody differently. And that can be also said for sports. Of course, there was a time where we didn't have sports. Uh there was the anniversary of the last dance the to me the greatest documentary uh series i guess about the bulls that came out during the pandemic a lot changed for the pandemic you know and what you're seeing is you're seeing almost every sports sports uh every sports every sport i guess you could say changing to positively flip what happened in the pandemic. What do you, what do I mean by that? Every sport is doing something to make more money. Some of it is subtle, some of them is some some sports is more subtle, some sports are not. For instance, the NBA. The NBA now has a playing tournament. Of course, we know that this is this is pretty much due to it, it gives more games, it gives more incentives for players to play and there's not a lot more uh, you know, resting and in load management, more games that the NBA can can showcase, and it just brings more revenue. Of course, there's still no – I don't think there's any arena that has full fans. There's some that still don't have fans at all. They're trying to adapt with the playing game. NFL, 17-game season. They understand that that, la- that, that extra game is going to have more viewers, more fans in the stands. It generates more money. Uh, the MLB, the MLB, I think they have extra innings. Um, it's not really going over too well, but they have extra innings. The longer the longer people watch, the, the more money they get. The Major League Hockey, they re they redid their um, regions, and now they have banks that are uh, funding their regions. What I'm saying is this: every sport is doing something to. I guess you can say every sport is doing something to try to recoup as much money as possible due to the fact that they had just had a pandemic and their, you know, that the way that they lived and the way that they made money changed. That can still, that can also be said for soccer. However, let me just say the biggest news last week or a couple days ago, actually was overseas as far as the football league or soccer league, whatever you want to call it. The there are twelve teams that are going to are trying to form a Euro, European Super League. What is a European Super League? It's like twelve teams. They have a proposal and they're trying to join their own league. Of course, you have multiple upon multiple leagues overseas. But those 12 leagues would pretty much involve, you know, Manchester United, Manchester City, uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, um, teams like that. This is causing pandemonium amongst, amongst the soccer, 
soccer fans, soccer world. And why is that? Like I said, there are almost every sport is trying to recoup the money that they lost. This and also this also can be said for the European Super League. What it's going to do is it's going to take 12. They're trying to get 15. Right now they have 12. They're trying to take 15 teams and start their own league. Of course, it'll pro- it's kind of rival- rivaling the Champions League, uh, but the difference between the Champions League and the Super League that they're trying to form is it was o- it will only be the right now it's 12 but hopefully it would only be the 15 teams the 15 teams would play against each other that would you know that would win whoever wins out of that would you know win win the super league championship and it seems like everybody hates this idea and there's 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 a lot of reasons why and there's a lot of valid reasons why they don't like this idea for one one thing that we like about Let's 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 take college basketball for example. The one thing that we like about is while you have blue bloods and you have major major uh major schools, there are also smaller schools that can make it. What the Super League is trying to do, think of it and and I'll, and I'll bring it back to college basketball. Think of it like this. Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, um Kentucky, you can throw in Texas, uh Take three blue, I mean, take 15 big powerhouse schools and put them all in one conference. Call it the Blue Blood or Powerhouse Conference, right? The difference between what's usually happening and now is that the the, the schools, that you, those, those 15 teams that you just put in that power conference, all they do is play each other. All they do is play each other. That means you're, you're, you know, North Carolina is never going to play Florida State. Uh, Duke is never going to play Virginia. You know, they are only going to play each other. And then when there's March Madness comes, while you have the regular March Madness, the power, the power conference or whatever you call it, has their own March Madness. So you're not going to get any uh, Oral Roberts. You're not going to get any Norfolk States. You're not going to get a George Mason's back in, what, 2005, 2006 when they made that run. You're not going to get any of that. You're not going to get no Davison's. You're not going to get any of that because they're keeping the 15 teams, 15 power conference teams together. And this is why a lot of people aren't liking what's happening with the Super League. First of all, you're breaking tradition. You know, you it it doesn't give the smaller clubs the ability to try to win a, a cup. There's a lot of times where a smaller club would come up and they'll beat a Barcelona, they'll beat a Real Madrid. And honestly, the last few, I mean, outside of maybe Barcelona, they haven't really had much success. But because they're the big name uh, clubs, they make the most money. That's why they're in the, you know, 15, I mean, 12 right now. Like I said, they're trying to get 15. Then there's a lot of notable teams that have either said no or they just haven't been invited, like PSG. They have Neymar. They have Mabeep. They they said no. You have uh, Bayern Munich. They said no. This, it doesn't give the smaller clubs the ability to really compete for a cup. And compete for a championship because they're not gonna be. They don't. If you if you take out fifteen of the top teams, that could crumble a lot of these lower clubs to the point where they might not have the ability to even have a team. Not only does this affect the lower team, this affects revenue of all the of all the leagues. This affects the women's teams. People are so upset about this because all this is is the rich getting richer. And honestly, it's the rich getting richer and the poor. I'm not going to say the poor, but the lower the lower seeds or the lower teams suffer because, again, one, they don't have a chance to they don't have a chance to win a, a, a cup if you take their teams and just pretty much move them. And that's the thing with the Super. The problem with the Super League is. Even if you have the Super League, they're unable to, they will be unable to uh, 
they'll be unable to play the lower seeds anymore because they're not in the Super League. Now, you have to get the premier. There's a lot of teams that are that are trying to join the Super League, and you'll have to you'll have to get the uh, Premier League's uh, the Premier League's. You have to get them to okay you going to the Super League. Now, if they don't, if they do get the okay, this here's the difference. If they get the okay from the Premier League to go to the Super League, you're still able to play other teams out of the league because you have the permission from the Premier League, which is pretty much the godfather of them all, pretty much. The problem with that is they don't have the permission because everybody is getting upset about this. They don't have the permission from the Premier League. So because of that, they will just have to branch off from the Premier League altogether, which which is re- which is the reason why they won't be able to play the lower clubs. They won't be able to play the clubs in the in the in the Champions League. They won't be able to play none of that. So the twelve to fifteen teams that go to the Super League will only be able to play each other. Now, yes, you'll have you know Cristiano Ronaldo playing if if Juventus goes. You'll have I mean no, Real Madrid goes. You'll have uh, Leon, Leon Messi, but they that they're only playing each other. Like I said, it's like it's like you bringing ten people, right? It's like you going to a basketball court. You have the only ball, and you have ten people, and there's about twenty people waiting for you to bring the ball to play. But you're only playing with that ten. That means there's other ten people that's out there just chilling, like like waiting to play, but they can't play. Here's the other problem about this. This affects the players as much as 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 they think the Premier League, I guess the president or whatever his name is, or the GM or whatever came out and said that players that, you know, are going, go into the super league. They are banned from the world cup in the Euro league championship. Meaning Leo, Leo Messi won't be able to play for, uh, won't be able to play for the world cup. Neither can, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, neither can a lot of the great players that are, uh, uh, Luis Suarez won't be able to play for the like the fact that you'll get an Argentina team to go to the World Cup, but because Barcelona makes the decision to be in the Super League, now Leo Messi can't play for Barcelona. Same thing as Portugal. Portugal goes in, but because his ball club made the decision to play in the Super League, now Cristiano Ronaldo can't play for Portugal. And What's even worse about this is the players really have no say so because the club is going to make the decision altogether. Now, they can try, you know, they can they can go to their agents and say, yo, I don't want to be a part of this. Get me out of this deal. And of course, you can try it that way. But they don't really have a say so in what they're going to like the players, the play. A lot of people are saying the players don't know what to do. The players just want to play. And the fact that. Uh, you're you're trying to make a decision, and this decision will have a ripple effect on almost everything. Is the is the problem? Now, again, there are. It doesn't seem like anybody outside of the owners uh, of these ball clubs, it, bro. There's nobody that likes this. People are coming out in droves, but it's because, like I said, you'll have no Cinderella stories. You'll have no. There's a lot of rivalries and a lot of a lot of. Uh, standing traditions that are going to be broken because teams can't play each other. There's a lot of fans that get isolated. There's a lot of teams that may not survive this. However, the 12 to 15 teams that join the Super League, they're just going to get richer because the money stays in house. Uh, of course, you're going to get the, the the best players playing all the time. But again, and then also, how does this affect the players that play in the Champions League? Like, there's gonna, you'll never get if this happens. You're not gonna get a Real, uh, a Barcelona going up against PSG anymore. You're not gonna get him a beat going up against Leo Messi. You're not gonna get, you know, Ronaldo going up against uh, a Neymar. Like you're, you're not gonna get that anymore. And that's why, that's why fans are so upset about this. If you ask me, I under again, and we all know this. We understand that. The pandemic hit differently, man. The pandemic hit everybody, like, seismically. However, you still get money. And this only, 
Yes, this makes your ball club richer and this makes you richer, but you're already rich. Now, again, I'm not counting nobody's pockets, but don't break tradition. You know what I mean? There's a reason why. And again, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a, a soccer expert. I'm not going to sit here and say that I spend my days watching soccer 24 seven because I do not. That would be a lie. But I am I will say this. I understand tradition. I understand the rivalry between, I don't know, the Lakers and the Knicks or the Boston Celtics and the Knicks. And even though the Knicks for a while is different this year, but for a while they haven't been good, you're not just gonna scrap them out and have the Lakers, Knicks, uh, I mean have the Lakers, Boston, uh Miami, Golden State all join one league and then everyone else just gets excluded. That just doesn't make sense. For that doesn't make sense if you're trying to hold tradition, if you're trying to – you're going to exclude fans, you're doing this. Yes, I understand that Barcelona fans are still going to be able to see Real Madrid, and, you know, um, Manchester United. Those fans are still going to be able to see the games, but you're going to isolate so many fans to a point that they're, they're going to – you know, you're going to lose fans as well because people are upset about this now that there's – PSG fans you're not going to get because they're not going to be able to see it. And they're not going to be able to, you know, the fan experience is going to die. The, uh, the, the it's just, the Bayern Munich fans, they're, they're, I mean, I understand that they, you know, they made a stand, which is good. It's just, this doesn't make sense outside of the rich getting richer. And that's why people are so upset about this. Now, you're asking, and, and, and this is why, Soccer players make so much money. Like, they make the most money. It's because they have, they understand how important, you know, the player, you know, let me say this. The players are extremely important in soccer. And a lot of people are saying you might have to get to a point where the players boycott. Now, if the players boycott in soccer, they can make some noise. If you if you roll out of Barcelona and none of the players want to play or you know, none. So a lot of the big time players don't play. You can make this not happen. Now, are they going to do that? I have no idea. But you can you can make it happen. You know, a lot of a lot of British commentators and stuff are are looking for the players to boycott and 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 go on strike about this because it looks like the 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 twelve to fifteen teams that are trying to join and or build the Super League are already on board. So. Again, man, it's this is the biggest news because for the forever, you know, of course you had the, there's a lot of leagues over um there's La Liga, there's the Champions League, there's a lot I think there's like nine leagues overseas, right? And of course the Premier League is pretty much the umbrella over the whole thing. And you still have you know, you still have it's like to join to to play in the Premier League, I believe, or playing yeah, to play in the Premier League, I believe, it's the top four teams of every league can go and, and pretty much have their say so who's the best. The problem is you're not that's not gonna happen anymore. Because the twelve to fifteen teams, the Premier League has already said they're pretty much they don't they're gonna have to break away from that completely and start their own. Meaning that you won't get the top four teams out of a lot of these, a lot of the Champions League or the or the La Liga, because you know Barcelona would be there, Real Madrid would be there, Manchester United, Manchester City. Um, there, there'll be a lot of teams that is. I, it just, you know, it just doesn't. It, it, it just, it's unfortunate because, like I said, it's unfortunate that, um. It's unfortunate that this is going, if this continues, this is going, this only benefits the owners of these clubs. Um, like, this only benefits the owner of Arsenal and and AC Milan and Chelsea and, and Juventus and Liverpool. Like, these clubs, bruh, it, you won't, this will completely affect this will completely affect and change the Premier League, the Champions League, La Liga. And fans are upset about that. And rightfully so. Like, you're not going to get, again, you're not going to get the Cinderella stories. You're not going to get the lower teams that have a chance to to to, to knock off a juggernaut that you, that you can call, you know, like, like Barcelona and stuff. And 
And it's crazy that a team valued for $4.76 billion, which is Barcelona, is doing this to make money. They're all doing this to make money. They're not doing this for the fans because the fans are completely against this. They're not doing this for, for exposure. They're doing this for money. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate that, and that's why there's so many people up in arms and upset about this. So again, I don't, I don't know what's going to come of this. We're going to have to keep watching and see, but if this happens, understand that the way that we see overseas soccer and the way that it's played, the teams, the the alignment of these teams is all going to have to change. And that's unfortunate because there's a lot of teams that, and there's a lot of rivalries that's going to be deaded because, you know, like the rivalry between PSG and Barcelona due to the, the top players, that's going to be gone. The rivalry between um, Juventus and, and PSG is going to be gone. The rivalry between Real Madrid and and uh, and Bayern Munich is going to be gone. And it's it's. It sucks, man. It sucks. And again, we're just have to gonna. It's still in the planning process, but it looks like it's. It, and they've been talking about this for a minute. Like this, this has been in the works for a minute. But it looks like now that it's growing steam and it's it's building steam, and people aren't people are upset about it. Like they are pissed. But it looks like it, it might go through, man. So you're just gonna have to wait and see. But just understand that this, if the super league, if this European Super League happens, this will change the way that soccer leagues overseas is uh, is is ran they uh, the way that we see the sport it'll view it'll affect viewership it'll affect networks it'll affect so much and you you're pretty much you're you're going to cut out fans and you're going to cut out blog clubs you're going to cut out rivalries you're going to cut out underdogs and you're only you're going to keep the money in house, and and really this only benefits club owners and stuff to make more money and to recoup from the pandemic. So, you know, we just have to wait and see what what happens from it. So, that's that. Moving forward, it's time to put on my GM hat, and I did this before. I, I there's again I've said this before. I come in sometimes, and I look at a team. And I'm going to put on my GM hat because I, I say this all the time. I say there is there there has to be a point where you just get tired of being in the rebuild mode. And maybe it's because you just don't know how to get out of it. I don't know what it is, but there's a lot of teams in the NFL and the NBA and MLB that have just been on the, at the bottom for so long. And I did this with the Wizards. I'm a, we all know I'm a Wizards fan and I, I was truthful and I was I helped them get to the championship. Now, if they listen to me, I don't know. I will say this. Ever since I dropped that episode, they are on a five-game win streak. That's all I'm saying about that. That's all I'm saying. But what I'm going to do, like I said, I'm going to give you five steps how to fix the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, currently, the Minnesota Timberwolves is are on the in the bottom of the the Western Conference. They're they're pretty they're sitting fifteen as, as we're recording this they're fifteen and forty three they they've been bad for a minute now I will say the Minnesota Timberwolves is different from a lot from a lot of people like they're different from the Wizards they're different from a lot of people even though they're not the best I mean like I said they're fifteen and forty three they have pieces you know they have Michael they have um. Carl Anthony Towns. They have Anthony Edwards, who's number one overall pick. They have Jared Culliver. They have Michael Beasley or Malik Beasley. They have, they have people. But here we go. Here we go. Let me, let me. Time to put on the hat. Time to put on the GM hat. I'm going to help the Minnesota Timberwolves go from the bottom of the West and the bottom of the NBA to championship status. Let's get it. Number one, change everyone in the front office. I know, man. I know. It's just that simple. Number one, change everyone in the front office. I again, it doesn't it for there has to be a certain point where you just get tired of being a rebuilding team. You get tired of playing for a position. And there's a reason why the Minnesota Timberwolves has these many good players, but they're all young. 
because they're always playing for a top 10 roster spot in the draft. Now, again, that's cool for some people, but that cannot be cool for this club, especially when you have the talent that you have. Fire everybody, bro, that is in the front office. I'm not saying fire the coach because the coach is cool. Just fire the front office because they clearly don't. While they dread, and I'll say this, my fault. And a lot of people say that you know they're good. They're good drafters. Like you want to keep them because they're good with the draft. Well, it's it's not that hard when you have the number one overall pick four years in a row. It's not that hard when you're drafting in the top five every year. It's not that unless you get like a. Uh, and uh, what's his name? Unless you get an Anthony Bennett from like the, if, unless you're Cleveland, it's not that hard to mess up a top five pick. So when he was like, "Oh man, the one thing Minnesota does, they're really good at drafting." Look at they drafted um Carl Anthony Towns, they drafted uh, KG back in the day, they drafted um Anthony Edwards. It's not hard to mess up a top five pick. Trust me, it's not hard to mess up a top five pick. I am not in no war rooms. I'm not I'm not in the front office, none of these people, but I understand if I'm looking at a draft and I got the for instance, let's look at let's look at this draft coming up. If I'm looking at the draft like, all right, I got the number one overall pick. Okay. Mm. I don't want to mess this up. Ah, but we, we we're gonna go with that that one kid from uh what's that kid? Uh from Oklahoma State. I don't know if he's good or not. But I know uh, Cade Cunningham, yeah. A lot of people are saying he's good. We looked at the tape. He's better than everyone he's played against. Yeah. Cade Cunningham is the one. Like, it's not that hard. Even if even if you get the second overall pick. All right. Mm. All right, damn. We wanted Cade Cunningham. We wanted Cade, but mm. who's next? Well, we don't really need a big because we have Carl Anthony Towns. Mm. But there is that kid. What's his name? Um, Gonzaga kid. Uh, uh, Jalen Suggs. Yeah, a lot of people were saying he could go number one, but you know, Cade Cunningham wins. So we're gonna pick that guy. I understand. I understand. It was a tough pick, and we don't really need a big, so we're not gonna go with Evan Mobley. But we're gonna go with Jalen Suggs. It's not that hard. But apparently, it just doesn't work out. It does not work out. For the Minnesota Timberwolves, and you have to look at the front office. I understand that A Rod and some other, and and their group just bought uh, some part of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Maybe he can change it. I don't know. But number one, the first thing you have to do is change the front office, change everyone, get them out of there, and and bring on people that understand how to not only build a team, but under how to how to how to construct and how to rise you know, bring talent, you know what I mean? Because it's just, there's mo- there's so much talent on Minnesota Timberwolves. And you look every night, man. Like I said, you got an Anthony Edwards, you got a, a Josh, a, a Koji, you got a Nazi Reed, you got, <laughs> you got Jared, uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Like, you have so much young talent. They just can't get it right. So, number one, change everyone in the front office and bring on some competent people that are good, not only in the draft, but that are good building a team. Number two, you have to figure out if Cat is really a, 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 a piece to build around. And what I mean that is we all know that Carl Anthony Towns is a good player. We all know that Carl Anthony Towns is an exceptional player and one of the best bigs in the league. However, there's a difference between talent and 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 a and a cornerstone for for a franchise. There's a difference between someone that's uber talented and someone that you can build around. And I don't know if Carl Anthony Towns is someone that you can build around because you've had so many people around you and it just hasn't worked. Like and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming him and I'm not saying he's trash because he's not trash. But you've tried your hardest to build your team around Carl Anthony Towns. And while he'll go out and give you a 40 piece or a 50 piece or he'll go out and give you points, I don't know if he's a player to build around. So you have to really make that decision. Is Carl Anthony Towns a player to build around? Now, I'm not saying that you give up Carl Anthony Towns, but what I'm saying is. Carl Anthony Towns may not be a number one. He may be a number two. It's kind of like Paul George is not a number one. We, we, we've, we've realized that. While he has the skill set and the talent to be a number one, 
he, he we put him in the number one situation when he was in uh, Indiana. And while they had some really good runs going up against LeBron James and Miami Heat those years, Paul George has not been number one. They just put up a graphic the other day. Say like Paul George is like six for fifty in in crunch time. That ain't good for people that want to know. But but we're not going to negate the fact that Paul George is still a great player. He's just not a number one. Carl Anthony Towns is a great player, but he's not number one. If you figure out that Paul that that Carl Anthony Towns is not a number one player, bring on a star or bring on another player. That is a number one. No, and, and we'll talk about D'Angelo Russell in a second, but it's not D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell's not a number one. While he was while he was the number one in Brooklyn that year they went to the 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 um playoffs, they had an entire squad. Carl Anthony Towns, I, again, you have to make the decision. If he is a number one, then you have to build, you have to keep building around him, but I will say you've tried this several times and it hasn't worked. Like you've tried to build around Carl Anthony Towns several times and it hasn't worked. So you really need to figure out, are we building around a number two or a number three piece or are we are we truly building around a number one? That's what you have to figure out. You have to figure out right now Carl Anthony Towns is the face of the franchise. He is a franchise player, but is he truly a franchise player? And if he's not a franchise player, you have to you have to figure out do you have one on the roster a lot of people said that could be anthony edwards we don't know but if you do not have a franchise player on the roster you need to get one i understand that it's not that easy with contracts and and uh you know uh salary cap i get that but hell make it work (laughs) that's what you gotta do you gotta make it work that's that kind of goes hand in hand with number one you need to bring in you need to bring in people that can bring in it's I understand that Minnesota, especially with the weather and the where it is in the world, Minnesota is not a free agent destination like attractive free agents destination. But if you can sell the fact that you have Carl Anthony Towns, you have Anthony Edwards and you have young pieces, maybe you'll get a star. You know what I mean? So but you have to figure out again, number two, figure out if Carl Anthony Towns is a number one, is a building space building like is someone that you can build a team around if he is you need to do a better job at that and if he's not you need to identify or figure out how you can get a number one or if you have a number one on the roster a lot of people think of maybe Anthony Edwards and I think it could be I'm not 100% sure again he's still a rookie we need to figure out but it's right now they're kind of they're trying to figure out is he another player that just gives you a lot of buckets but isn't really someone that you can build around or is he a player that you can actually call a cornerstone player? Cornerstone player. For instance, and again, I, I'll give you another example. There's a difference between a Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry is clearly a number one, and he's clearly a building block. Hell, he just <laughs> we're seeing what Steph Curry's doing this year. He is clearly a, a, a number one, a centerpiece. He's someone that makes a team better. He's an alpha male. He's someone that that is clearly someone you can build a team around clearly then you have people like hmm, let me give you another situation boom and this is no in fact then you have people like russell westbrook now again russell westbrook is a great player he will go down as a hall of famer he'll go down one of the best players uh, especially in the guard position to ever play when we talk about the triple doubles and we talk about energy we talk about everything that Russell Westbrook come like everything that Russell Westbrook uh, brings to the game is Hall of Fame worthy. Outside, like I said, the energy, the the triple doubles. A lot of people just want to scoff at the triple doubles. If that was so easy, everyone would do it. However, while Russell Westbrook is talented, we've seen there is a ceiling that you have with a team that has him as the center block. Like, and and don't get me wrong. Again, Russell Westbrook is great. But there, you're always will be strapped, or you'll always hit a certain plateau with Russell Westbrook. And we we've seen when Russell Westbrook is the building block, you're really only getting out. You may get out of the first round. When Steph Curry, you can make it to the finals, and and these are both great players in their own right. So what I'm saying is, again, figure out if Carl Anthony Towns is that alpha, is that building piece, and if he is not built or if he is, build around him better. If he's not, try to bring a number one in there. Number three. You, the worst thing that you can be 
is a team that is at the bottom of the the standings and have no cap space. And when you're paying Michael Beasley thirteen million, when you're paying Carl Anthony Towns twenty nine million, when you're paying D'Angelo Russell twenty eight million, when you're paying Ricky Rubio seventeen million, that ain't gonna work. They thought bringing in Ricky Rubio was going to help, but it didn't. They thought what I'll say is you need to share up some cap space. You need to figure out a way to bring some cap space so you can bring players on. Bring quality players on. And I say that to say, number three, I would look to trade D'Angelo Russell. I Again, D'Angelo Russell has dealt with injuries this entire season. He He's not a number one. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's bad, but he's not a number one. And he's I don't know if he's he has not been a quality number two or number three this year because he hasn't been there. Your best ability is availability and he has not been available. So I would look to trade D'Angelo Russell. You get $28 million off the books, and that gives you enough money to bring on a star or bring on a better player. D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell's great, but and it's going to be hard to trade him, seeing as though, you know, what happened, his last output in, in um, Golden State, and now, of course, with the injury, but I would look to get off that contract. That contract is a tough contract. It's a big contract. And it's not doing anything but weighing down the team. Um, so that would be number three. Try to try to trade D'Angelo Russell. Get that, get that twenty-eight million dollar twenty-eight million dollar contract off the books, so you can work and try to build. And and and, and number three kind of goes along with number four. You need number. You need to bring on the leader. Now, a lot of people thought. And when I mean, when I say bring on the leader, I'll say look at the impact that Chris Paul is having for the Phil- uh, the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns went from like 11th in the East to uh, in the West to being second in the West right now. Bring on the leader, and, and that's the thing. That's the thing. Let's look at the let's look at the the ages of this team, which is the Minnesota Timberwolves. 24, 22, you have 31, but that's Ed Davis. Ed Davis ain't, no. You have 19, 25, 27, 20, 24, 21, 22, 21, 30. That was Ricky Rubio. Again, they thought Ricky Rubio was going to be a a leader. He has not been. 25, 25, and 21. So the average player on this team is 25 years old, pretty much. Actually, no. 24 years old is pretty much the average player on this team. The age-wise. Wow, that's good. And while I said that they're they're littered with talent, they don't have a leader. And Carl Anthony Towns has not been that leader. Hell, Carl Anthony Towns is 25. Jake Lehman is more is older than Carl Anthony Towns. So what I you I, I'm not I of course I understand that there's only one Chris Paul. There's only one I, I get that. But you need to bring in an older vet that that could be a leader. Hell, you see the out, you see the change, especially in the leadership position that um, Ray John Rondo is having with the Clippers. And this is the same Clippers that have Paul George and that has Kawhi Leonard. But they, but you bring on a leader, it, and that that's a misnomer for a lot of people. A lot of people think just because you're talented, you can be a leader. Just because you might be the best player on a team, you can be a leader. We've seen several times that you can be the best player, but you're not the leader. And that that does not, like, that's not a shot on the best player. But it, that doesn't mean you're a leader. Hell, Golden State, when K, KD was the by far the best player. However, the he was not the leader. You had uh, Steph Curry was the leader, that, you know. Kawhi Leonard was the leader for the Clippers, but as you saw, Kawhi Leonard might not be the best leader. That doesn't take away from the fact that he's the best player, but he's not the best leader. So you need to bring in a leader, bring in someone that can be a Chris Paul and that can guide these people. They thought that Ricky Rubio was it, but Ricky Rubio has not been. So that's the next thing you need to do is bring a leader. Number four, you need to bring a defender. Bruh. You look up and down this roster. Malik Beasley, don't play no defense. Jared Culliver, don't play defense. Ed Davis is cool, but he doesn't he don't really get that much burn. Anthony Edwards doesn't play defense. Uh, Jake Lehman, no. Jaden Mc, McDaniels, no. Jordan McLaren, no. J- Jalen Nolan, no. Josh o- o- Okoji, no. 
Nazi Reed. Uh, no. Ricky Rubio, most definitely not. D'Angelo Russell, most definitely not. Carl Anthony Towns, no. Je- they don't have a defender on this team. They don't have a Robert Covington. They don't have a P.J. Tucker. They don't have a, uh, what's his name, Draymond Green. They don't have, they need to bring in at least a defender. You need to bring in a leader. That's number four. I mean, no, number three. And number four, you need to bring in a leader. I mean, I'm sorry, a, a defender. Because... You have nothing but scores, which is cool, but you don't. These aren't elite scores here. <laughs> like they, they cool. You know it is, but nah, it's, that ain't gonna work. That ain't gonna work, my guy. It's not gonna work at all. And the last thing, uh, actually that's it. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, that's it. Number one, uh, you need to change and, and change everybody and 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 replace everybody in the front office. Number two, you really need to figure out if Carl Anthony Towns is a number one and someone that you can uh, can have the face of your franchise, or the or or is he just a really good player or a really good number two? And if not, and if he is a really good number two, try to bring in a number one. If that is Anthony Edwards, go go that route. But if it's not, try to get that. Number three, you really need to figure out. You really need. I would say get off of D'Angelo Russell's contract and try to trade D'Angelo Russell. I understand that D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns are like best friends, but it's a business. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Hell, Miami Heat, they all were, you know, Chris Bosh, LeBron James, and, and D. Wade were all best friends. But LeBron James was like, hey, yo, I love y'all, but I got to go. So trade D'Angelo Russell. You need to bring on a leader because you have a lot. I mean, the average age of the Minnesota Timberwolves is pretty much 24 and a half years old. That's no, you need you need to bring on a leader that that can you need to bring on a Chris Paul type because again you see what Chris Paul's doing for Phoenix. Bring on a leader that can guide this team, and you need to bring on a defender. Not there's not one defender uh, on this team now. What what about Carl Anthony Towns? No, no. So bring on a defender, and that is how you. Fit. That's how again, again, that is how. I, I just brought the Minnesota Timberwolves from the bottom. Now we're here. They, I just got them a championship. Now, if they listen to me, they listen to me. If they don't, hell, they can keep shooting for the number one overall pick. Good luck. But you're welcome, Minnesota. Not to mention, hell, they can't even do that. Because with the trade with D'Angelo Russell, if, if they're not, if they're outside, the, if they even get the fourth fourth pick if they're outside of the top three that pick goes to golden state so <laughs> ah that sucks man that sucks for minnesota but again there you go there you go minnesota i just helped you whether you listen or not that's up to you you can lead them to water but you can't make them drink moving forward so katie got injured again now luckily it's not it's not as serious. Uh, it was like a knee contusion or a thigh contusion. Um, it's day to day. It's not as serious as, of course, ACL or or meniscus or whatever like that. So that's good. And but Steve Nash said something, and of course, media pundits have have been talking about it all week. Steve Nash pretty much said, "We may not get our entire team to play together this ent- at all this season." Um, of course, we know that Brooklyn, they they pretty much, they got some hitters. They got KD, they got Kyrie, they got James Harden. And those three all together, I think, have only played seven games together. Now, I think they're 6-1 and one or 7-0 and oh in those games together, but they've only played seven games together. And, of course, that's not including DeAndre Jordan or Blake Griffin. So, the question comes up, does chemistry really matter? Does chemistry really matter when we talk about uh, winning a championship? Can you just roll out a team full of great players and win? And there are so many examples of why chemistry really does matter. And it doesn't matter if you have the best team. I mean, it doesn't matter if you have the best players. Chemistry is incredibly important. For instance... Look at the let's I'll give you some examples. Let's look at the 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
I understand. I hear people saying, but Jay, that was, look at all those great players. You got Tom Brady. I understand that. But do you remember the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the beginning of last season, when they were getting smacked by the Saints and getting smacked by all these teams because they were building that they didn't have any chemistry? They, you know, there was no offseason. They, they still were learning each other. Look at that Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers team in the beginning of the season and look at the one that won the championship and how they were firing all cylinders. That is chemistry. That is a team that understands who they are. That's a team that built chemistry. Look at the, 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 the L.A. Lakers. The beginning of the season, they weren't that good. I mean, you, yeah, you had LeBron and AD, but they were still trying to learn each other. Uh, you brought in Dwight. Like, they didn't, they didn't know how to play with each other, and they were losing games that they shouldn't have lost. When you get to the end, and of course after the you know the pandemic, but you get to the end, that team was firing on all cylinders. AD knew exactly what Braun wanted to do. Braun knew exactly what AD wanted to do. That's built chemistry. Hell, I can go on a, on a bigger scale. Look at Team USA, the one that they didn't win anything. <laughs> I think they won like maybe bronze or something. The one that recently, you know, had Donovan Mitchell, Harrison Barnes, uh, you know, had them. They didn't have any chemistry, and it showed. They didn't. They they got smacked by teams they shouldn't have got. Hell, nobody expects Team USA to go anywhere and lose, but they they couldn't win because they couldn't build chemistry. You put all these great players, all these all these players, and in, in, and again, I understand that there was a lot that opted out. Like I understand that, but you put all these great players on one team, that doesn't all ultimately mean that you're going to win a uh you're going to win win it all. Again, Team USA lost like Serbia. And again, I understand they played against good players, but they shouldn't have lost. Yeah, another example. The the um the Clippers. The Clippers are going to the the Clippers last year is going to the same thing that Brooklyn's doing. You bring in great players, but because of injury, because of lower management, they had they all don't play together. So when you place them in the playoffs, and again I understand that there was different circumstances, but when you play them, place the Clippers in the playoffs, they don't know how to how to play again. They Paul George doesn't get a feeling what Kawhi Leonard wants to do. Kawhi Leonard doesn't get a feel of what Montrez Harrell wants to do. Montrez Harrell doesn't get a feel of what Paul George wants to do. Paul George doesn't get a feel of what Lou Williams wants to do. So it's like you have all these players and then they end up losing to Denver. So I say all that to say, yes, chemistry is more important than having great players. Hell, the reason why, and now again, I understand you had Clay and Curry and, and um, Draymond Green, but one big reason why Golden State won in 2015 and 16 was, no, 2014-15, I believe. That's, that's the year before 73 and 9. Was because... They had so much chemistry at the end of the at the end of the year that they now and I also understand Kyrie got hurt. I understand Kevin Love got hurt, but that Golden State team was firing on all all cylinders. When we talk about chemistry, KD, I mean no, um, Curry knew exactly what Clay wanted to do and what Draymond Green. Draymond Green knew exactly what Harrison Barnes wanted to do and and Moise Spates like. Chemistry matters, and I say all that to say this. It's starting to get a little concerning uh, that not only does the best players on Brooklyn continue to get hurt, but they don't play; they haven't played together. And again, I'm not saying that they they're not good enough to make it to the finals. I'm not saying that they couldn't win because they still could. I mean, they do have relationships off the court, like KD, Kyrie, and James are pretty much best friends, but. It is getting a little concerning that you're seeing teams like the Heat. You're seeing teams like uh, um, Minnesota, I mean, Milwaukee. You're seeing, of course, the Lakers and stuff. These teams have built relation. They've built chemistry. And you're going up against a team while on paper, Brooklyn is far better than anyone on paper. But chemistry-wise, they, they, they haven't played with each other. So while... Some people would say, oh, no, it's a lock that they're going to win a championship. That's not a lock. While I think that they're good enough to win, they do need that chemistry. They do need to play alongside each other and understand. While I can be best friends with somebody, I, it's like this. You can be best friends with somebody, but you don't know how somebody lives until you live with the person. So 
You know what I'm saying? I just think I think that they need to get back on the court. But again, there's only 15 games left in the season, I believe. So I I, I don't know. It's very rare that you see a team that just compiles stars and just win off the brink. While hell, and a lot of people say, but what about the the Toronto team? Well, Toronto team had all the chemistry in the world. They just needed one superstar, and they got it in Kawhi Leonard. Not to mention. Golden State just broke down the end. So, I just, you know, it's starting to concern me. Again, I'm glad that it's not serious. The injury is not serious with KD. And it is just day to day. So, it's not like life altering or anything. But I do, it is getting a little concerning that their best play, their entire team has not played with each other at all. There's not been a game. I, I, let me say this. I don't know if that's true, but I know that they haven't played more than like three games with their entire team, which is KD, Kyrie. Uh, James Harden, DeAndre Jordan, um, Blake Griffin, Landry Shamit, Joe Joe Harris. There's not a game where they all have played together. And, of course, LaMarcus Aldridge being there definitely definitely was a wrench in it as well. And it it also hurts that now he's out. So you were trying to learn him. He's out now. So somebody else has to get back in the rotation. So it's definitely concerning and I, I it's definitely something to watch out for and i can attest that injuries and chemistry can and probably will if they don't win can and will be the reason that golden state does not win i mean not golden state i'm sorry the the brooklyness does not win chemistry and injuries and or injuries so speaking of injuries moving forward alex smith retires from the nfl after 16 years um, what a lot of people like to do, which I think we have to stop doing is if you don't, and this is, this is what they, they do this a lot with NBA as well. If you're not a hall of famer or, or they did this with Julian Elliman the other day, just because you may not be a hall of famer does not mean you did not have a successful career. Julian Elliman had an incredible career. I just don't think he's a hall of famer. Julian Elliman did something that not a lot of people can do. And he's multiple Super Bowl champion. Like, that's Julian Edelman. Shouts out to him. A lot of people want to look at... A lot of people will look at Alex Smith. And while, of course, they'll applaud what he did, you know, coming back from the incredible or the horrific knee, leg injury and 17 surgeries and all that. But... And a lot of people outside of that would say, like, outside of that moment in the comeback process and winning comeback play of the year, a lot of people will say he didn't have a successful career because I don't think he'll be a Hall of Famer. He, I don't think he's done enough, even outside of the injury, to be a Hall of Famer. But Alex Smith has had an incredible career. He's a former number one overall pick back in 2005. He's a three-time Pro Bowler. He has uh, he was a passing NFL passing leader in 2017. He has over 35,000 career passing yards, and he has a career passing rating of or a career passer rating of 87. That's uh, that that tells me efficient. While no, he, we we know Alex Smith isn't the gunslinger. We know Alex Smith isn't the one to throw the ball deep at times. He's not. He's he's the he's the safe pick. He is the ultimate Teddy Bridgewater. But that doesn't mean he had an unsuccessful career. Again, winning comeback play of the year and coming back from hell, nobody thought, not even the organization, when we saw that injury, nobody thought that he was going to come back. And the fact that he did and came back and was very effective for Washington and, he, and won comeback play of the year is huge. And he's had a very successful career. Hell, that's why a lot of people, even though he wasn't up to, you know, number one overall status, that's why I never say that Kwame Brown was a bust. Now, he was not good enough to be a number one overall pick, and in that instance, he definitely underachieved. But the man was in the league for, like, 12 years. You can't be no bust and be in the league for 12, 15 years. And Alex Smith retiring after 16 seasons is a success. You know what I mean? Again, he while he he never won a championship, um, I think he did play in an AFC championship one time when he was with Kansas City, but or yeah, but he he just you know, I I just I, I it's just it's unfortunate, but you know Alex Smith 
Alex Smith will go down as as a very as as a a very good quarterback. Now, no, I don't think that's MVP worthy. I mean, I don't think that's Hall of Fame worthy, but that doesn't mean that Alex Smith didn't have a successful career. So, shouts out to Alex Smith. Shouts out on the retirement. Shouts out for coming back and beating the odds, man. Again, nobody thought. Hell, even his family was like, "Yo, you, you said you want to go. You want to do what? You trying to come back? Hold on now. Wait a second, bro. I just I just witnessed your leg fall off, bro, and had to sit through all them surgeries. They talking about your life is on the line. You might die. Like, and you're trying to go back on the field. So I understand how how tense that house could have been. But shouts out for Alex Smith, man. You know what it is. Shouts out for, and, and I, I do like this. I, I do like this. Shouts out for Alex Smith for going out on his own terms. Um, an injury like that, or, or yeah, an injury like that usually doesn't allow you to go out on your own terms. And the fact that he was able to bounce back, even one comeback play of the year, and you're and he's able to say, I'm going to retire while standing on two feet is definitely a, a, a triumph of its own. So shouts out to Alex Smith for his retirement, and I wish nothing but the best for him moving forward. So shouts out to you, man. And lastly, when we look at women's basketball, um, of course you got big names. You have the the, the names that pretty much ring bells in everyone's everyone's uh, ears. Like you have the Maya Moores, you have the Diana Taurasi's, Candace Parker's. You have the uh, Lisa Leslie's. You have the Cheryl Swoops. You have the Rebecca Lobos. Um, Tina Tina Thompson or yeah Tina Thompsons. These are great. You know these are players that you can't talk about the WNBA, um, the legacy, the 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 lineage. You can't talk about like there would be no WNBA without those those incredible women. And I think that the same can be said when we all when it's all said and done about Brianna Stewart. Brianna Stewart, you're starting like you it's starting to get to a point where you can't talk about the game of women's basketball without Brianna Stewart. And it's not just WNBA, it's Euroleague, it's college, it's Oversee, like I mean, uh, Team USA and and FIBA and stuff. You started. Brianna Stewart is. Let me just read off some stuff. And the words is all coming from. Brianna Stewart recently won uh, Euro League Championship and the Euro League MVP. Um, this is coming off of winning uh, another WNBA championship and another WNBA Finals. So. Her resume is just not not all of it, but here's some. EuroLeague champion, EuroLeague MVP, two-time WNBA champion, two-time WNBA Finals MVP, four-time NCAA champion, Olympic gold medalist, two-time FIBA gold medalist, and a two-time WNBA All-Star. When we talk about accomplishments and we talk about uh, – we talk about history. Brianna Stewart is getting to that point where I put, you know, what it is I put a, uh, I put a, um, what I do for the unpopular podcast page on 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 Twitter. I mean, on Instagram, is I'll do a, a a question of the day. I'll put two players together, and um, I'll put two players together and pretty much say who's better or the senator. And one time I did uh, Brianna Stewart and Neka Abumake. Now, no disrespect to Neka, but boy, oh boy, the messages I got. This is disrespectful to Brianna. You know, Brianna is better than her by landslide. And again, I agree, but it's just that Brianna Stewart and and she's still young. When it's all said and done, Brianna Stewart, in my opinion, could and probably will if she continues this pace will go down as the greatest women's basketball player ever. Again, that's no disrespect to Maya Moore, Diana Taurasi, uh, Candace Parker, Rebecca Lobo, Tina Thompson, Lisa Leslie. That's no, that's no offense to any of those. But Brianna Stewart is different. And 
She wins wherever she goes. I'm in the pink, but that's UConn. Take her off of this UConn team. Do you think they're winning four championships? It's kind of like you take Anthony Davis off of that Kentucky team. You think they're winning that that national championship? <laughs> Again, shouts out to DeBriana Stewart, man. When it's all said and done, I believe if she continues this pace, and I think she will because she's still young, and she already had a, she had a catastrophic injury, and she had a catastrophic injury and came back and still won a WNBA championship and still won a WNBA finals uh, MVP, and she was the best player on the floor by a country mile. And, th- and they played the Aces, I believe. This is the, this is the, same, the same floor that had Sue Bird, that had uh, Aja Wilson, who won the MVP that year. And she still was the best player by a country mile. Again, shouts out to Brianna Stewart. And I believe that when it's all said and done, she will be considered one of, if not the greatest, women's basketball player of all time. And there you have it. That is when that's been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate all you guys for listening. I appreciate all you guys for watching. Uh, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Come over to the YouTube, man. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click the notification bell. I mean, it, it would mean a lot. You know what I mean? I, I, I definitely want you guys to get a full experience of an episode of the Unpopular Podcast if you're just listening. Um, but I do appreciate your listen. I do appreciate I appreciate everyone that supports me. It definitely means a lot, man. If you want an Unpopular Podcast uh, hoodie, sweatshirt, uh, T-shirt, joggers, go to the link in the description below. I have an Unpopular Podcast store. You can get anything. And, and for people that don't, don't know if you click on an item even if you don't like the color there are multiple colors just click on the item and you'll see it there's multiple colors so if you want to if you want to support the the podcast with buying some merch goes in the description below i appreciate you guys i love you guys and until next time much love yo this is nappy boy radio live with your boy t-pain we love rap music listen uh, we got a caller on line one. Caller, what's your problem? Hello. I'm on the radio with T-Bain. How's it going? It yeah. ain't going good. My girl ain't doing the thing she used to do at all. I got just what you need. Brand new Chris Brown, T-Pain. You heard it here first. Nappy Boy Radio. We love hey, you. She want that loving, 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 kiss, 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 kiss.
Yeah. So nappy boy, hey. and pretty boy. Hey. Nappy boy, hey. and pretty boy. Boy, hey. say nappy boy. Hit us up, man. And pretty Eight, boy. 8502 Yeah.